are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Sunday. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. On today's episode, I sit down with an old friend of mine, Anthony Tripoli, also known as Art Tripoli on Instagram, or, or that's what it looks like. I think people are starting to call him Art because the Instagram handle is kind of confusing, but his name is, I just call him Tony. All right. Tony is known for his photography on many levels. He was a popular punk and hardcore photographer early on when living in Columbia, Missouri. He then took a chance and moved to Las Vegas, where he ended up becoming the lead editorial photographer for Zappos, which is one of the largest online retail shops. Like, they're fucking huge. They got bought out by Amazon for, like, $1.2 billion or some shit. That's a big deal. And then after working there, he basically perfected his craft and decided to walk away and move back to Columbia, Missouri, where he began focusing on video and linked with the rapper, singer-songwriter Oliver Francis. Tony and Oliver are both on tour right now, and they had a little bit of time to swing by my house before their show at the Roxy in L.A., um, and they jumped on the Black Window Cream podcast. So if you don't know who Oliver Francis is, you need to listen to last week's episode to hear about his explosive career on YouTube that now has every label at his door. Oliver and Tony have made over 13 videos together, collecting over 5.6 million plus fucking views, and are currently on Oliver's first U.S. headlining tour. I got to go check out his show at the Roxy after we recorded the podcast, and the dude puts on a good show. All the kids were super lit. Yeah, shout out to Oliver. Listen to his music. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering, what does Black Window Cream stand for? Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee black with no cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our fucking community. We are a private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos or if you're a photographer, if you do marketing, management, editing, dancing, etc., 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 all content creators are welcome. Our private group has been going rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to blackwindowcream.com slash join. We would love to have you. You should do that. Just do it right now. If you are interested in supporting Black Window Cream, please go to blackwindowcream.com slash merch. We have hats, shirts, stickers, and pins and shit. All that's available in the store. I appreciate anyone who picks up the merch. If you don't have the funds, I get it. You can support by just going to iTunes and leaving me a review on this fucking podcast, please. Like, that shit helps me immensely. I think the more reviews we have, if anyone new comes and sees a review and you guys talk about how it's helpful, they might tune in too, and then we'll have more creators compiling all their shit into one space, which would be sick for all of us. All right, that's it. Enjoy the work week and keep creating. Make sure to tune in every Sunday for a new Black Window Cream episode. And without further ado, I bring to you my interview with Anthony Tripoli and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. Alright, we're back. I have a new guest. <laughs> back to back. Two guests, but for you guys, it's probably I'm already confusing you by explaining this process right now. But Anthony <clears throat> Tripoli, aka, well, I can just some people just call you Tony. Yeah. I call you Boston Tony. Yeah. Ill photographer, <laughs> now videographer. You do both. Yeah. And 
the motherfucker shoots some dope shit, and we've known each other for a long fucking time. So this is I'm glad this podcast like, is happening right now. Like almost ten years. Almost ten years. That's uh, crazy. From music. Yeah. Which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, Tony's on tour right now. Oliver Francis shooting his photos, his videos, and they're in L.A. And they just came to L.A. from Vegas. If I don't know which order I'm releasing these because I have one with you and I have one with Oliver Francis. I don't know how I'm going to do this when I put them out. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if it's kind of redundant. But they drove from Las Vegas. They were just in Las Vegas, came to L.A. today, got stuck in traffic because all these crazy fires we're having yeah. and hit their Airbnb, showered up, came straight to my crib. I it's, didn't shower. I'm still stinky. Didn't shower up, came to my crib. It's 9.26 p.m. on December 5th. And we're doing a podcast, and both these dudes were cool enough to let me fucking chop it up with them and get them recorded. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, you've been doing photography for a fucking long time. You've worked with Zappos. Yeah. You were, like, their lead photographer. You did their photography shit. I did shit. all their editorial photography. So, like, when you go to the website, That's and, like, you? there's, like, a there's a picture on the landing page of, like, two models, like, by the beach, and it says shop swimwear. I, like shot the beach photos Sick. as opposed to like the photos of when you like buy a t-shirt and oh it's right. got a guy and from four angles yeah. i started out shooting those yeah but uh then i i got promoted to editorial photography which is like the coveted position right that's <laughs> nice we i we met um back in the day when we i like play music like punk and hardcore music and we would travel and shit when i went to columbia missouri which is where you're from or you live i was living there yeah were you born there no Okay, you'll tell me that in a second. But when I would go there to play shows, we met all of our friends, became really tight with each other. Our touring bands would come there. They'd take care of us, show us around and shit. He would shoot shows and just casually have cameras and make dope shit. Yeah. And we all became friends. And I remember you actually being super scary because people like talked it up like, he's military and like he's crazy. And I'm like, oh, shit. Everyone always is like intimidated by me, and I feel like I'm such a pussy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the nicest motherfucker alive. Yeah. But I remember before we knew you, that's how you were like talked up to us. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. But at the time, we were punk hardcore kids, and I also remember like visiting the sh- like the tattoo shop, uh, Iron. Iron Tiger. Iron Tiger. Yeah. And being at the tattoo shop and just being this kid from Iowa, and these are my first friends I made on tour. We're hanging out, and I think um, Gabe, who owns the shop, was like chilling in the back, tattooing our friends. Gabe's the scary one. Ga- this you is why Gabe's scary. But I remember like all you guys were talked up as scary, and this is a great story to start this podcast off with. But I remember yeah. sitting in the tattoo shop, we're chilling, and this like these two crackheads came in. They were like drunk and on drugs and shit, and they came in like really wanting tattoos, but they didn't have shoes on. And they were like, I don't remember who told them at the time, like, yo, no, get out of here. You need to like. It was be. probably me. I worked the front counter. I think it back probably then. was you. Yeah. And you're like, you got to go. And they're like, oh, no, we want to get tattooed right now. Fucking tattoo us. And they're like, you told them, like, go get shoes and you can go come back in here. And then they did come back with shoes, but they were like the kid that they they had a kid with them at the time, yeah. like a nine-year-old kid, and they left, and the kid didn't come back the second time, but the dad was wearing the kid's shoes. I was like, tattoo me now. <laughs> and you guys all started getting at him, like, where the fuck's the kid? Get the fuck out of here. And out of nowhere, I hear, and Gabe comes out the back like with a shotgun. Yeah. I, I'm assuming it was real. Oh, and just 100%. was like, get the fuck out. I'm going to fucking shoot you through the window. Some crazy threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, I'm really out here in the shit. <laughs> and that was like one of my first experiences with you guys. But we became good It was friends. really positive. Yeah, it was really <laughs> It was, sounds like it was a great time yeah, for most I loved of it. us. It felt yeah. good. But anyway, from Missouri. No, not from Missouri, but you, you've lived in Missouri for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Like 20 minutes, 25 minutes 
north of Boston if you're driving fast enough. Maybe 30 if you're not. That's like one of the only states I haven't been yet. Oh, really? no, I was there. I lied. <clears throat> Maine. I haven't been to Maine. Yeah. What? It's, it's all the same. How long did you live there till? I moved there when I was in third grade, and then I graduated high school from there. And then, and then I moved to Missouri uh, with my mom after high school because uh, she wanted to get away from like the harsh New England winters. <laughs> For those listening, that was in air quotes. But... Uh, um, <laughs> To go straight to Missouri. So she went to Missouri for some harsh Midwestern winters. Uh, Uh, But yeah, um, and I was there for a little bit, made a couple friends, and it was cool, but I didn't like it, so I joined the Marines. And then uh, I did that for a while, and then I got out of that, and then I ended up back in Missouri through a series of stupid circumstances. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but... um, and yeah, that's kind of how I started meeting like Gabe and all the guys from the shop. Uh, they were all like in the local music scene. Were you into music before? Yeah, like, like I like growing up in New Hampshire. Like the like the Boston hardcore scene is huge, mm, you super know? huge. And so like, um, damn, were you I, in that? Like, would you go to those types of shows when I was a kid? Yeah, Crazy. like like um, I used to go. Like I seen so many bands like back in the like American Nightmare used to play like in the next town over from us. Like every other month damn like because they're from there like i would see i saw a converge in like my freshman year of high school or like eighth grade or something like that like i had a i basically got into music through snowboarding mm-hmm. and i had like a friend's older brother like pick up my headphones one day while we were like snowboarding just like this ramp in a backyard that we had made yeah and uh like on a buddy's hill you know um yeah. but uh and he like i had like a hate breed song on this like mix cd that i had made and he was like, or no, it wasn't Hatred, it was Blood for Blood. It was uh, Living in Exile. Mm. And he was like, you like this? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you want to come to a show? And so he took us to like a Blood for Blood show. That's so and, tight. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. It was terrifying. I was going to say, I, I was in like that. I was in like seventh or eighth grade and it was like the scariest shit ever. Because it's like, we're like standing, I just remember standing in the back of this room, like up on a chair and like all these dudes are just like fucking beating the shit out of each other in the mosh pit. Yeah. And like, I never seen anything like that. Yeah. You know, like the most exposure I'd had to moshing was like whatever, like MTV showed, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Spring like, break, like, in, like, yeah, like, yeah. Or like in like a Metallica video or something, right. like a bunch of dudes like, like push moshing. I never seen dudes like crowd killing and yeah. like crazy shit like that. And I remember like being terrified and at the same time being like, this is so cool. I, I, this is the tightest shit I ever. had the same fucking feeling that was yeah. like seeing it and I, I remember like being so young and watching it and be like damn when I'm fucking when I get I think I had braces on I was like when I get my braces off I'm gonna fucking out there I'm gonna do the same shit dude it's gonna be I'll so be doing spankings yeah I was, th- I was yeah. seeing all that shit man that was like the best feeling so then what you, you were into that kind of scene yeah I mean like that was just like the music I grew up on and, and like I grew up on that and like hip hop cause my dad was really into rap really? Yeah, he like uh, like none of my friends were into rap. Right. This was like at a time where like if you liked like punk and hardcore, like your friends clowned you for liking rap. Mm. And like I feel like rap caught on really late in New England anyway with a lot of kids. But uh, uh, and I, I mean I had friends who liked both when I like got later in high school. But early on, like I used to get clowned for liking rap. But my dad liked rap, and he liked rap because he grew up in California, and he was really into basketball. <laughs> it's like such a stupid cliche story but uh he was like really into basketball and he didn't like rap but uh the 
best places to play were like at the park on Sundays and like he like all the black guys would show up with their boom boxes and they would blast rap at the park. Right. And so it just like started like like an earworm get stuck in my dad's head. Like he didn't give a fuck that they were playing that music because all he wanted to do was play basketball. Right. And so then like my dad's like seen like public enemy and like I think he's seen like NWA maybe. Perform? Yeah. Wow. Like he's like he's really into all that stuff. And and now like he doesn't really keep up with it as much, but like, uh, he's really into like vinyl. Like, he has yeah. a huge vinyl collection, and he just like has it all out in his garage, and he grills out there. So every now and then, like, I'll send him like I've sent him like every Kendrick album. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, my dad will like Kendrick, you right. know. And then like, uh, so I try to like keep him up on like what's like cool with that yeah. kind of stuff now, but through vinyl because I know that's the only way he'll probably really listen, listen to, to it. it. Like if I sent him a Spotify playlist, he'd be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably has Spotify, but he'd be like, ah, whatever. Right. He has like every social media, which is kind of funny now that I think about it. But what, He like follows you on Instagram and shit? Everything. He has Snapchat. That's tight. Yeah. I think it's because I have like a half sister who's like a sophomore in high school. Oh, so he's like trying to pay Probably attention. trying to keep up on that. Smart man. Yeah. My yeah. mom's got Snapchat and shit just so I could, uh, she could see like what we would do on tour. Yeah. And so she only follows me in Schoolboy Q. Really? And my sister. That's so funny. My Snapchat is such trash. I like. <laughs> I, don't I post. Use it anymore. I post like once a week, maybe to my story, and it'll be like, like, I, like the last photo I posted was like someone washing a knife. Like it wasn't something it's dumb. I was just like, content. yeah, whatever. <laughs> I need to hit this. That's channel. that's my Snapchat aesthetic. Once a week. No, tra- so you were trash you were photo. in Maine or not Maine? You were in New Hampshire. Yeah. And end up moving to Missouri. I moved to Missouri. How long do you live in Missouri before the military? Uh, like a year, a year, maybe. So how were you making friends? Were you in school or anything? No, I, uh, I just went to this bike shop cause I was like, I was like growing up, I was like a Mountain Dew commercial. I was like into snowboarding during <laughs> I <the> was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, kids who are like, I skateboarded, I didn't rollerblade. I'm not a fruit booter. Like I was a fruit booter. I was a skateboarder. I was right. a BMXer. Like I was like, oh man, Did it's it on the X games. I'm so cool. Yeah. The only thing that I was like any good at was snowboarding, but, uh, the, like the rest of it was just like just stuff to do which was kind of how i got into video was i sucked at everything else so yeah. i was just like i'm gonna shoot videos and then like i did that for a while okay so <clears throat> but you did it before then you go to military you then weren't I, doing any photo video shit before that right? no i just had like my mom gave me like this shitty digital point and shoot mm-hmm. and it had like it was like the first digital camera i'd ever owned when i was in the marines yeah and uh it had like a really bad shutter speed on it. So like if you took a flash at like if you took a photo with flash at night and you moved it around, you got light trails. Right. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. I know. Cause it looked fucked up. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like that, especially like in the first couple years of me, like shooting like hardcore shows, you can see like, I was really into that. I remember I was that. Like, I was like, I'm gonna do a slow, like slow shutter speed with a flash. So I freeze them, but then all the light moves around and then you shoot it on a fisheye yep. and it just looks like chaos. Right. And, which is like all I feel like a hardcore punk show is. But yeah, what were you saying? You asked if, no, so, you yeah, just, yeah. You, you, so you come back, you, you didn't really experiment with it. You got a camera like in the military, you get out, and did yeah. you kind of So yeah, I I uh I moved to Missouri. I moved back to Missouri. So I'd moved I got out of the Marines, I moved to Boston. I got into like some dumb trouble like doing graffiti and stuff more or less. And I decided to move back to uh Missouri. Right. Because it was like uh I was like, I gotta get my life together, I gotta go to college. Mm. Um like I wasn't gonna do the Marines anymore. Like I couldn't do that. So I was like, I just I gotta I do something with my life. So I 
it's like super expensive to go to school out of state in like yeah. Massachusetts or New Hampshire. But your mom was living there. My mom was in Missouri. Right. So, and like I signed up for the Marines out of Missouri. Oh, right. So like that made me a Missouri state resident more or less. Right, right. So it was cheap to go to school in Missouri. So like my one friend who I had met going back, I was saying I was hanging out at a bike shop. Yeah. He worked at this bike shop and we'd become really good friends and we always stayed in touch. And uh, he was living in Springfield, Missouri. And... I called him up on like, like October, like 25th. And I was like, yo, do you still have an extra room at your house? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you need a roommate? And he's like, I mean, do you want to move in? You're going to move here? I was like, yeah, I need to go to school. He was like, all right, when do you want to move? I was like, I'll be there on Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Like five days from now. Yeah, I'll see you in five days. And like, I packed up all my shit and I shipped everything and I got on an airplane and I moved there. Uh, I'm like super impulsive sometimes with stuff like that. I guess, goddamn. Uh, so I moved there, couldn't find a job, didn't have a car. Like, uh, I was just like, I was like just coming out of this phase of like being like, I just gotten out of the Marines and I was like free again to like do what I wanted. And I was just like a super degenerate. So like, I, like I had a car repossessed, like just like I wasn't paying bills. I was like, like I said, I was like writing graffiti and like smoking weed. So you go no, to school, do you end up getting... No, I didn't go to school. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> not, in, not in Springfield, anyway. Uh, I went... So I was there for, like, a couple months. I couldn't, like, lock down a job. I, like, slacked figuring out school. And my mom basically told me, like, if you move up to Columbia, you can live with me rent-free, and the only thing you need to do is you need to go to school. So I went... I moved up there, and I started going to night classes at, like, Columbia College. Mm. And uh, I didn't do that for very long. I was going to say, that's like hard. I probably got like a semester's worth in and I was like, this is not for me. That was, so I got to Columbia and I didn't know anyone. And like the only things I'd ever done was like shoot skate videos uh, or like, you know, skate or bike videos or whatever. But like I didn't have a bike and I wasn't about to like go to the skate park. I was like 21, almost 22. I was 22. No, I was 22. I wasn't about to like go to the skate park and like, try and meet kids and shoot videos of them like it just that felt weird and uh and then like there's no snow so i couldn't go snowboarding right. well i mean there's snow sometimes. But sometimes but there's not mountains right. so there's no snowboarding so it was like okay well the only other thing i was really into growing up was like hardcore music mm. but like you can't like go to a show and be like hey i'm the new guy who wants to be my friend you could in cedar falls so, welcome to everybody yeah for sure <laughs> and you know what honestly like looking back on it like probably had i yeah. shown up to a columbia show and just like been wearing a band tee they probably would have just talked to me because mm-hmm. that's how they are but at the time i didn't really think of it like that because like i grew up like in the new england scene and everyone like was kind of like which so little... everyone understands like even when he was talking about boston hardcore earlier in Iowa, I remember the like the stories of Boston hardcore and like yeah. how militant some shit could be, especially in the straight edge scene. It like people like, talk about that all the time. Yeah, I mean like you'd see this is like I don't know. I mean like I've never had any issues with any dudes who are in crews or anything like that. And like there's like you know, like I don't know if they're I think they're from there, but like FSU started in Boston and like they like, you know, now they're like all over and I got friends who are in that and everything and do you, did you ever um, come to Iowa and go to the FSU garage that we had? No. Or we, or we eventually called it the FUK garage. Yeah. But 
F, so it was started by all the Modern Life is War dudes. Oh, really? I think that's the origin of I can't even remember. I was just so young going yeah. to shit. But we had, they had a house on First and Ellen in Cedar Falls. And yeah. that, that's what First and Ellen from Modern Life is War's album, that's yeah, like yeah. what it's about. But it's a house in the garage had this like, they filled it with air, uh, mattresses and shit and pillows and all this stuff. And they stole like a manger from like a town far away from a church and they had yeah. like baby jesus's hanging by the neck like on the whatever and you could like swing on it and mattress mosh with people and shit. yeah yeah it was super fun but all all these bands would come and play and then i remember some shit went down where like the fsu crew started like sending messages like you need to change the name yeah or we're coming and then they did they just turned it to fu fuk or yeah. whatever i don't know that I, was what i remember I, yeah i never like like i said growing up like i never had any bad encounters with any of those those dudes i didn't know any of them really i was like kind of too young yeah you yeah, know what i'm saying sure. like i was like i mean even the ones that were like my age like lived like more in like the city and mm-hmm. were like definitely like way tougher than i was right like i was like the kid who like would mosh during the breakdowns and then like stand off to the side yeah exactly. you know what i'm saying or like stand front row and sing every word and point my finger in the yeah air. you know like i wasn't like I wasn't like a tough dude. Right. I was like, dude, I was I weighed like a hundred and like sixty pounds soaking wet until like <laughs> a few years ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like until I, like after I got out of the Marines. But uh Yeah, so you go to shows, you yeah. went to a show? So yeah, so I would I would go to shows. But when growing up I would go to shows and there was this guy, and I think he still runs the website. It was called return to the dot com. And like you would go to a show, and this was like when I was in high school, and like this dude was at every show. Like, I mean, like, I swear to God, he probably went to two shows a night sometimes. And, like, you would go, and everyone would, like, be moshing, whatever, and this dude would be there snapping photos. And this was, like, before, like, DS, like, this was, like, he probably had, like, the first, like, Nikon D1 or whatever. Like, I remember, like, thinking, like, how is he getting these pictures up so fast? And, uh, but he would, like, take pictures, and, like, the next day or two, like, they'd all be on his site, and everyone would go and look at him. And everyone seemed to know this guy, and he came and went by himself. And uh, I don't even know his name. I feel bad calling him the return to the pit guy because he literally inspired me to, like, change my whole course of my life. Yeah, but, at least uh, you remember that, though. Yeah, but uh, shout out return to the pit. But uh, He's he's Missouri-based? No, he was he was based out of, like, Boston. Oh, okay. So, like, growing up, that. yeah, so I'd see him. So when I moved to Missouri, like, backtracking here now, like, I wasn't going to skate. I wasn't going to snowboard. And, like, you can't just go to a show and introduce yourself to people. So I was like, I could get it like i knew a little bit about photography i was like i could get a dslr for cheap and i could just go to a show and just take photos and just meet people that way be like hey i took some photos i'm gonna put them on my you know Flickr or whatever yeah and like just to meet people and like i mean that worked i mean like literally like i met like gabe and you know uh dan ryan and like jesse Mm -hmm. gabe's older brother and all those dudes um, who are in like all the local scene in Columbia through like shooting photos. And like I showed up to like one or two shows and shot photos and like instantly they took me in. Of course. And then uh, like, yeah, like less than a year later, I was working the counter at the shop and like at the tattoo shop and everything that they all worked at and uh, going on tour with them and stuff. And and uh, yeah, just like I just started shooting bands and it was like still like it's funny now because like every now and then I'm like, oh, I want to go out and shoot a band like in St. Louis or whatever. And I don't ever do it anymore because like at the time, like when I was doing it, it was still like there wasn't a lot of kids shooting hardcore shows yet. Like each each big city maybe had like one or two kids who were right. doing it, you know, like we all kind of like knew of each other. But it was still before like. I mean, like, other than MySpace, like, social media wasn't really... It wasn't, like, Web 2.0 yet. Like, and social media wasn't popping yet. Photos, like as far as, like, show photos, I don't ever remember that being so important as much as, like, 
filming a set yeah. and like seeing the video back and yeah. just thinking that everyone wanted to watch 30 minute long video clips of like your band performing or something. Yeah. I don't remember photos until I think you were probably the first yeah. photographer until some of my friends started picking up at home or whatever. But yeah, you were like the first one. I was, yeah. Cause like the first dude that I met outside of, um, return of the pit, return of the pit that shot photos was probably like, uh, Mike, um, Watson. Watson? Yeah. yeah. I was about to say Wilson for some reason. Sorry, Mike. We talk all the time. <laughs> I just like had a brain fart there. Mike's but yeah, dope. like he was on tour with Take Control. Yep. And we were like, we kind of like shot the shit back and forth for a second. That was the first time I realized that other photographers saw my photos. Crazy. Because he was like, oh yeah, I love your photos, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's cool that like people see him. Yeah. Like, and that's when like it kind of dawned on me, like I could probably like meet more people through the internet doing this stuff and uh so then i just like really started to push it and like i made like a website for myself and all that all that shit uh did you um did you start finding like that the kid well okay before i ask that question where you were talking about going to a show now you feel like now there's so is it because there's so much media that people have access to all this shit now that yeah, it's like not even I like, mean, like, that fun anymore i don't know it's just like honestly i've shot one show uh in LA and there was like six other kids shooting photos. I shot a few shows in LA when I was living in Vegas. Yeah. And I'd go out to LA and like but it'd be like friends bands or something. Right, right. Like I went for like those like comeback kid reunion shows. Mm-hmm. Like um and I shot some of those. And it's like there's like six kids all crowding around the stage taking the same photo. And it was like, but like, there's no really other places to go to take different photos for the most part, unless you shot like from way in the back of the room or whatever. And even then you still have fucking DSLRs and flashes sticking up in the air. Exactly. And you basically got like six kids who are like all trying to muscle in for the same shot. And it's just like, it wasn't fun anymore because it was like, I could be like, when it was just me, I could be creative and like, I had no problem getting in someone's face or whatever. But when there's like four kids, like trying to hold a fisheye lens up to yeah. some guy's guitar or whatever, or like all trying to shoot from the same vantage point. Cause they're all shooting at 50 millimeter. Cause they want to shoot like F 1.4 right, for right. natural light or whatever. But it, it uh, everything just kind of starts to look the same. And I just was like, I'm sure I could come up with different and like creative ways to shoot it. But I just, I don't, I wasn't seeing enough growth at that point, like I was doing other things right. when I like kind of had that epiphany and I wasn't seeing enough growth through like shooting hardcore shows and like the passion wasn't there. I'd just rather see the band. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, well, uh, even back then it was like an exchange for friendship. Like it was a topic conversation. Yeah. Thing. Like yeah. You would use it to start. But like, I feel like at this point now, like I'm not like some like big brand dude, new kid in, not some brand new kid, but also not some big dude in the hardcore scene, but like I have my friends, right. you know what I'm saying? Like if I go to an LA show, like I know I'm going to see people that like I really care about right. and like that are cool. And like, I know if I go to a St. Louis show, I'm going to see like the people that care, mm-hmm. like that I care about. And same with like, you know, in New York or Boston or wherever, like places that we've toured or, and met people. Like I know, like I know, like I have good friends and stuff there, but like I never really cared about like being like a, like popular no, I hear you. <laughs> about with anything but back and then you were you were starting to find it like working and you're building your site and now people are starting to kind of come to that shit yeah how's that start affecting your life as far as like what were you doing for work at the time like i was just working at the tattoo shop and trying to go on tour with bands and stuff like that and then that's building your name but you weren't ever thinking like oh this could become a business yeah well i didn't really think there was any money in hardcore mm. and like at the time like 
the only other music I was really into was like rap music and rap music now is like so different than rap music just 10 years ago. Yeah. Like I would shoot a rap show like 10 years ago and it would be boring. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like these kids now, like they're stage diving and they're moshing. Like Travis Scott was on a fucking bird or whatever during yeah. the Kendrick tour. Dude, I saw Travis Scott, um, like a couple years ago before he like, before he dropped rodeo and stuff. And like, that's what changed my mind on rap music and like possibly shooting it and stuff like that was like, I saw him, he did a club performance and he did like five or six songs. Like it wasn't long. And he came out to, um, it wasn't 3,500. What was the song he came out to? Mamacita. Nah. God, it's going to drive me nuts right now. Whatever. Anyway, came out and I just remember the song like was so hard and everyone just started jumping and slamming up and down. And I was just like, damn, this is like borderline like being at a punk show right now. And I wasn't expecting it. And then like this kid who lived with us at the time uh, with, with me and my uh, fiance, he like got up on the stage and like stage dove off and stuff. And I was just like, it all like, yeah, at that moment I was just like, damn rap music is the new punk music, like a hundred percent. And not saying that punk isn't punk anymore, but like, they just like took like that whole vibe and made it 10 times bigger right well, now. I feel and like. I feel like it's a change of pace for anyone that's been in that world for so long. I feel like a lot of old like heads, as far, old heads as far as like in the hip hop scene go, like hate how rap music is now. But I think it's so much tighter. Yeah. Like yeah. I would 10 times rather go to like a hardcore show like back in the day than go to a rap show. Like it, it could have been like, like, I love Kanye and I would have gone to a Kanye concert, but I wouldn't have been as excited to see Kanye as I would have been to see like take control. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like for those listening is, which is a great band that needs to have a reunion show. Please. God damn it. I just (laughs) found a video from, so take control is a band from my hometown. Uh, that was like the biggest, as far as getting big back then, they were like the ones that did it. I think they're maybe like signed a deal. Uh, maybe I forget. Time. Yeah, they, I, it might have been like Bridge Nine. Maybe was like interested in them or something. But that was like as close as anyone got to like being. They were big. Like it was like us. organized crime records. That's yes. what they put yeah, out yeah, something yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was dope as fuck. Yeah. And, like they would be the first ones to tour and leave and like show us that it could be possible. Yeah. And, and just have fun with like hardcore music. I made a video like <laughs> on MySpace. It's a video of me like filming myself and I'm saying how I like my job is I'm a MySpace player getter or something. Yeah, yeah. And I just like. I had like all my windows open and I was playing their songs over and over again to try to have them hit a hundred thousand plays, which yeah. was fucking crazy back then. But I made, I like documented it and made it like the corniest video. Yeah. And I just watched it, but I called them take control, like taken and then T R O L take control. Yeah. yeah. They were like a take control. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Andrew Doyle. I hope you're listening to this. Sean, Zach, all you motherfuckers. That's yeah. so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. But like you're, you know, take control reunion tour 2018. Let's set make it, it up. Happen. Please set it up and come to the Roxy. So I don't have to drive that far. <laughs> um, so like, yeah. So you started to like tour with hardcore bands and get yeah. into that world. And I think it, even before you moved to Vegas, I, the last time I saw you 
was we played a show in Columbia, Missouri when I was doing my hip hop shit. And yeah. So school came. I mean, all my bands played. There. I shot some trash photo of you. We like took a photo. Fo- <laughs> oh we, like, God. It was we like so went bad. out on a bridge and and then we like did one shot on a bridge where like you had us look like there was multiple versions of us. <sighs> and we thought I thought that was shit was crazy back then. Oh and like, then, yeah. I saw like a tutorial on it on YouTube and yeah. I was like, man, I could totally do this. Then we went and you have a picture of me, Bai, and Nate who are all members of my group and we were like chilling on the steps and i'm like fucking this is how i thought i should perform back then was wearing no flip-flops or no shoes you had no shoes on no shoes barefoot with uh like gym shorts and a white t-shirt and like i fucking thought it was dope to have uh like shoestring yeah tied to chapstick yeah because it was more convenient to put on your lips (laughs) that's why we did that yeah no i remember and then you yeah that was like i shot like a photo of you guys on the stairs that photo i mean like I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shoot it like that now, but that wasn't a bad photo. No, it was but a the other cool photo. photo is like the one of the bridges hilarious. Like I literally a, like. I should delete it off. It's like it's hidden. Like you couldn't find it if you unless you were logged into my Flickr account. It's like a. Senior I should just picture. delete it forever. It was it's like so a very bad. like uh like like people just you know when you're like just about to get married like that's the type of photo like it let's have fun so on a bridge and like. Oh. I'll post those in the fucking. I'm gonna post them on my website. Oh god. Yeah, you gotta see it. It'll be on the um, Black Widow Cream uh, show notes. Anyway, I'd have to send. Oh, I think I did. No, send I got it to that you. shit. I totally have that shit. It's going on. Oh, it's so for bad. sure. The one with the feet. The feet one was more embarrassing. Feet one. Yeah, I thought that show was like. That might be more it. embarrassing for you. The but photo's at least hard. Like, at least it photo. looked like I kind of knew what I was doing. We thought we time. thought we were fucking legends when you took that shit. Yeah. You were like the first real photographer to really shoot us. That was fun. Ever. But yeah, that was like the last time in Colombia. We like went to the weirdest show ever, and then. Yeah. Uh, then you end up moving to Vegas. I went to Vegas, yeah. When what year was that? That was two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve you moved yeah. to Vegas? Yeah. And right away, what was like the goal with your your moving? Uh originally we were gonna move there, live there for like a short period. So I, I moved with my girlfriend at yeah. the time. She's my fiance now. But um uh originally we moved there and we were just gonna live with her parents and save some money and then move to LA. Mm. And we got there, and after about like a month of living with our parents, we decided to get our own place. Uh, I got a job working for this uh, photographer out there. I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to say that he was a friggin' dickhead, <laughs> but he was really good at, at um, like explaining like the proper way to set up lights and like how light, like I didn't really understood. I didn't really understand how light worked right at the time. Like I knew like, I'm going to point it this way. Oh, it's too bright. I'm going to power it down. Oh, it's too, like I didn't really understand like stops of light and how they worked in like third increments. So like he explained all that to me and like, uh, he's a really good, um, like an amazing architectural photographer. Mm. I wouldn't say an amazing mentor, but he was, (laughs) but like I, I gleaned a lot of information just from watching him Yeah, and, um, and yeah, and assisting him for almost a year for doing what architect work. Well, he did, he did everything, but, uh, um, his assistant. Yeah. It was his first assistant and retoucher. How'd you find that? He just posted it out on Craigslist. Wow. And like, I just filled someone's shoes that he had before who was moving away. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, so then I just, I had signed like to work for him. I had to sign like a non-comp that I wouldn't like work in Vegas for like a couple years after working for him, like competing against him. Yeah. But like working for Zappos was kind of a loophole because they don't hire freelance photographers. So I got like a job working for Zappos basically in their photo studio. Just like I didn't even touch a camera. Like I would just sit there and press the space bar on a computer and it would just like there was just a camera tethered to it 
and then that would take the picture of like a model just spinning. Is that simple? Yeah, it's really, it's like dumb simple. Like it's not like, it, I didn't set up lights. Like everything was pre-set up. I would just walk into a bay, log into my stuff and just like the model would just change clothes and I would just press the space bar, take the pictures, batch everything to a folder, send it to someone else. And then like, that's all I did oh, all day. God. Yeah, it was like, it was Very trash. calculated. Yeah, like, it was, it, I mean like. They have it down to a Yeah, they have it science. down to a science and like it's, uh, but like. Anyone could do it. Like I like even if you knew like I like Oliver, for instance, I could sit him down and be like, This is how you do this job. You hit know what I'm saying? Like yeah. yeah, just hit the fucking space bar and then when it's done, make sure everything's in order compared to this sheet. So that's what you left yeah. working with that dude, you eventually part ways with him. To go do this. To go, but I knew that job. I wanted to do like like I knew I looked at their website and I'm like, Well, someone has to shoot these photos on the landing pages of like models running down the beach and yeah. like playing fucking basketball or whatever i was like someone's taking those pictures for him so like why couldn't it be me mind you okay so people that are listening define what zappos is it's so for anyone who doesn't know zappos is just uh zappos is an online they started out as a shoe retailer they were the Mm -hmm. first like shoe retailer online and then now they do like clothes and apparel and everything like that so it's just like but it's a huge company. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's really built around like customer service. So like the majority of the company is actually like a call center, mm. and then there's like a creative services department, like the tech department, and then like the buying department, which is huge also. Yeah. But um, and I'm sure I probably left out some departments, and someone that I'm friends with at Zap is probably mad now. But I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Saying about you. Yeah, it's about me. Yeah, it's about. No. Me. Uh, so, uh, but you, you start shooting for that and, or not, I mean like so, hitting space bar for that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, I knew like, okay, I can, I can like get my foot in the door there and hopefully like advance in the company that way. Right. And, uh, it took me like four months and I met the art director bing, at bing, the time. Bing. And I just like, just like just casually started chatting him up and just being nice. Like, I mean, like I was not, it wasn't, there was no like real, I mean, obviously like I wanted to be, honestly, I had a mission to like work with him, but like, I didn't want to just like walk up and be like, Hey man, I'm like good at photography. You should have me shoot your shit. Cause I could do it better than the person you got doing it now. Who were they? Did they have someone? They had someone else in house doing it. Yeah. And he, he wasn't like full time dedicated to it anyway. He Mm -hmm. also like did videos and stuff. It was just like, they didn't have like a full-time dedicated guy yeah, yeah, yeah. that was his only job. Right. And, uh, but I just like kind of became buddy, buddy with the art director. And like, um, he was asking me questions about like photography one day and I was like, Oh, I shot at this one place. And like, I was like, this is my chance. And so I like pulled up my portfolio and I was like, here, I'll show you. And when I pulled up my portfolio, he's like, wait, this is all your work. And I was like, yeah, he goes, why aren't you shooting for my team? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I'd love to. I was like, but, uh, and he's like, Phew. And within like two months, I was on their wow. team. Like within a month, I was like filling in for someone on their team. And within the next month, like I was the guy. Damn. Yeah. But like I like I knew like I hate like really overly cocky people. But like I think there's a difference between being cocky and being confident. I was confident in my abilities that I could like do better than the guy who was doing it. Sure. And uh and, and I like knew that if I could put it in front of someone in an organic way, not in a like, let me show, like, because it's like the guy who tries to sell you your his mixtape outside the bar. Right. Dude, he might have the most fire mixtape of all time, but he's annoying the fuck yeah, out of you. Yeah, it's the worst presentation. And no matter what, like, he could be spitting like Jay-Z bars. Right. And you would just be like, this is trash because I don't want to hear this right now. 
Do you th- would you, you know say that saying? you took time to like craft? And I'm sorry if you guys can fucking hear these dogs outside. Can you hear the dogs? Do you think Oliver's getting killed? I don't know. Because he said he was going to go out to make a phone call and he's he, been out there for yeah, so long. Yeah, he hasn't been back yet. Uh, now the dogs are cool. They're dope. Yeah. They sound like they're crazy. Um, I was uh, like going back to saying like you had, you almost strategize your plan on how sort of, I mean, you just kind of waited until the present or until the, uh, like, damn, I can't fucking talk until the situation like unfolded yeah. in front of you and took advantage of it, but like not in a pushy way. How important was it to you that that conversation came up versus you having to like kind of push? I think into part it? of it is like I'm just super introverted, hmm. so like I'm like, uh, which is why I don't think I do good in LA. <laughs> this was before we started recording this, but I'm like I'm not the type of guy who like, uh, and I meet photographers like this all the time who are like, look at my work here, I want to shoot this for you, blah blah blah. Yeah, like yeah. I constantly am like I'm probably not good enough to talk to this person about it yet. I need to be better Mm. you know and uh that time at zappos was like the only time like one of the only times in my like career where i've looked at someone else's work that was like doing something that i really wanted to be doing and thought like i could do this better than that person like and like i I don't mean it in like a cocky way and i gotta keep stressing that but it was like it was that was the first time where i was like i could i could crush this like if they if they gave me the chance i know i could and um and they probably need someone to come. But and yeah, crush it. but I'm not like like I said, I'm not like the I'm not the type of person to just be like, yo, look at me. Yeah, yeah. And like I admire that about people who can do that. Like I think that's fucking tight. But like it's just like I used to say when I was a kid, like, oh, I want people to notice me for my work and not for like, not for like my personality pushing my work out there. And I think that was just me like compensating for the fact that like I just don't really have the balls to like go up to people and be like, mm. yo, this is my stuff. Like yeah. most of my gigs that I get come through people who refer me. So like um or like people who've known me for a long time who followed my work and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But like it's very rare that like I go out and like hunt down a job. For sure. But like if someone puts one in front of me, like I'll, I can sell myself on it for sure. But I just like, uh, I don't know, I'm always afraid like I'm going to email someone and make an ass out of myself and then like burn that possibility in the future, which is like probably a horrible outlook on it because if you don't take the chance, it'll probably never happen. Yeah. But, uh, no, but I see what, I know what you're saying because it's, I like- just don't want to come off as corny. And I feel like there's so many kids now and like you see the same thing in, in like rap music and stuff too, but there's so many kids now who it's like photography is super accessible. Mm. Filmmaking is super accessible. Like you can make, you can, you can take your iPhone and you can shoot a vlog every day and put it on YouTube every day and you could gain a following and you can monetize it and you can make money and like you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Like more or less. Right. And like it's super accessible and because it's so accessible, I feel like so many kids like, they want to take like the like easy out like I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna be a photographer right. or whatever and like that's cool if you got the passion for it like I have a super huge passion for photography but like because there's so many kids who've oversaturated it like that it, to me I just feel corny when I tell people I'm a photographer yeah you I know see, what I'm saying I, I watched like uh, do you watch Epically Latered no. It's like a skate show and they interview old skateboarders and stuff like that. And they did one on Jason Dill and he's talking about, and I thought for a second, like it's funny that he says it, but then I could totally understand where he's coming from. He's like, 
He's like, it's so cool that I own my own company now. He's like, because I can tell people I'm a company owner and I no longer have to say to people I'm a professional skateboarder. Interesting. Where it's like, to me, like, that'd be so tight to tell someone you're a professional yeah, skateboarder. Yeah. But like, how often do you meet people who are like, I'm a photographer? You know what I'm saying? It's like every other day someone tells you I'm a photographer. All the time. And like, dude, I, I met this one dude one night on the street and he had like sick gear. And, like, I don't mean sick gear, like, like really expensive stuff, but, like, gear that, like, damn, I like that camera. Like, I've, I've been thinking about getting that camera. And, like, so all these – so I go up and I talk to the guy, and he gives me his Instagram. And I looked it up, and it was, like – Garbage. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to call dude's work trash, but, like, it was, like – it was just, like – it was exactly what I would expect if someone told me they were a photographer. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, it's just uh, committing yourself in two ways. Like some people commit themselves in the sense like this is what I'm going to do. And instead of like going to school for it, I'm just going to spend all my money on yeah. the best gear that I found on YouTube ranked like, yeah. top 10 cameras. Exactly. Home, and never learn how to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some people just won't go and commit to it. But I think that, you know, your willingness to learn, it sets you up for the opportunity to present your work. You know what I mean? You've Definitely. spent years crafting your shit versus like fuck like it could have been different you could have gotten the job at zappos saw this these photos thought maybe i could boot that guy out because he's part-time maybe they need a full-time guy maybe yeah, yeah, they yeah. prefer a full-time guy yeah. grab a camera and spend three months learning and yeah. then just be like yo i'm the shit blah blah, blah and got yeah. the job and you didn't deserve it versus the other kid yeah but since you had put so much time into that i think that really led into that definitely i mean um, i would agree with that i just i think that's yeah the way you talk about it is smart because i find myself doing that often like Especially I don't ever want to overhype myself. Ever. But I think that's what sells. Yeah. Because if you come in like that, I've had so many kids come up to me overselling themselves. Yeah. And right away, it's like a off-putting But you vibe. always, you know what I'm saying? But you always hear the stories about kids who like, they had this random opportunity and they pitched themselves to this guy. And then like you see their work and they're like, I mean, I could shoot all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. That's not that big a deal. All the time. Like, he just was in a good situation. And it happens to people all the time. Like he was in a good situation at that point And like... He just pitched himself right. And I guess you could kind of say that's what happened with me and Oliver. I mean, to be fair. Yeah, but that was like a real recommendation. I'm yeah. talking, I think we're talking more along the lines of kids that will message you on, uh, like DM someone and be like, yo, bro, I'm a fucking photographer. Check this out. Or yo, yeah. I'm a rapper. Check this out. Like, and it, it's like, I don't know you. Why do I have to? That's yeah. why I always encourage people to like practice a pitch or, or treat that DM as if it's like the only three seconds. Yeah, have that definitely. I yeah, I just I don't know. I'm just so afraid of coming off as like just a corny dude. That's like even though I do push people to not be corny. Yeah, like I'll be like, yo, don't do this. Like, don't just DM them and hope for yeah. a golden ticket. Like, do you know? Do the, do your research. Reach out to the right people. Blah blah. There's still like times right now where I'll like like I think I saw Eminem post it. <laughs> this is funny. I saw Eminem post this video recapping like a show in like. Europe and it was just garbage. Really, I was like, "Fuck, that sucked." And I literally DM'd Eminem and was like, "Yo, you'll probably never see this, but if you do, I'm really good at what I do, and I think I could help your visuals be way better." Please holler at me. Like that was it. That was it. I'm like, but Why you know what though? Like, that? but your name has like a little bit of clout behind it from like doing the Schoolboy Q stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying like, like okay, like this is like this is the era we live in, and I fucking hate it. But like I've in the last like year tried to work on it which is like like how many followers you got on instagram mm, like eighteen thousand, maybe yeah so you have a k 
Like you I have do, a K after a your K. number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the first Got thing it. someone does when they pull that up is they look at it and they're like, well, he must be somewhat important. He has over 10,000 yeah. people. No, call. for sure. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's like a minimal amount, like 10,000 people is a lot of people. I don't yeah. have 10,000. It was harder you know having 3,000 people for sure. Like, yeah. Like even, people take it a little bit more serious, which is like hmm. the other part of photography and everything that I hate. Yeah. Is like, and and that's why like before this when we were talking about like how I'd rather live in New York than L.A. someday, is like I feel like in New York, there's less emphasis on that kind of stuff hmm. from like when I meet people. Like I know people out there who do like f- fucking amazing Brilliant work, work, like beautiful fucking work, and they have like 400 followers on Instagram. It's like not what same return. Yeah. I know like DPs that are insane out here. That yeah. Have no following. That's at all. true. Like they could give a shit less, but yeah. their work just sells it to the next job. And sells it's it just hard. Job. I think like this, it's yeah, it's just hard. Cause it's like everyone Brands puts go so much emphasis on like what your digital, like your social Worth media is. following is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I get brands that hit me up even now. Like, I mean, like I said, I've got like just south of like 5,000 followers on Instagram. I didn't really even try taking it serious, like getting followers until maybe a year ago. Right. Um, I never hashtagged. I didn't post regularly. Or if I did, like I would post trash to it that like, you know, I had to go through and clean up a bunch of shit. Right. Um, or like I would overpost or whatever, but uh, your brands that what were you saying? Brands would hit me up like and still, and they'll be like, "Hey, we really think that your whatever fits with our whatever, your yeah, aesthetic yeah. fits with our vibe." Or flip the words, however. Yeah. You want. But uh, you know, we'd love to send you some stuff and have you shoot it, whatever. And I'm just always like, nope. I don't even respond to half of them because it's like. A, like, I don't care about your shitty sunglasses company. B, you're not actually coming at me with, like, a real offer of money. C, somehow I have more followers than you, so I see exactly what the hell's going on, and I don't even have a lot of followers. Right. I get, like, like from working with Oliver, like, my name gets a little bit of, like, more play than it used to. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, still, it's just, like, I mean, he's still very small time. Like, he's coming up right now and everything like that. And, if like, this is your first time, sorry, just, just so, because... If I do Oliver's podcast, oh, yeah. Oliver Francis is a rapper from rapper, singer, songwriter, I guess is what yeah, you Yeah, sure. Um, who has just been bubbling on YouTube. His yeah. videos have just like taken storm and Tony's been shooting all of his the shit recent for like ones, the last yeah. year. Seven or eight months probably. Okay, almost yeah. a year. Yeah, so, so. Just to put that in perspective so everyone understands. But yeah, so I guess just to catch up to all that, I, I left Zappos because I was just like sick of all the corporate bullshit yeah, but how long were you there because you get the job i was there for uh i lived in uh, over three years maybe four years almost because i lived in vegas for almost five years i think and i worked for the other guy for like a year and then i went to zappos so like three or four years three or four years um but you get the job i mean to before leaving getting that job what was that like for you because i mean you're gonna that be was shooting like the, that's i like felt the like job, right? yeah i felt like i made it you yeah. know what i'm saying and then like uh I like, you know, I've shooting all this editorial work and stuff. And then like all the corporate shit just like really rained down on for a while. Like I wasn't allowed to use any of the images that I shot for them in my portfolio, Mm -hmm. but I would spend like, you know, there'd be weeks where there'd be like 60 or 70 hour weeks where all I could do is shoot for them. And it's like, I'm creating all this content that I'm proud of and I can't even use it to sell myself in the future. Eventually that got like flipped around. I I wrote a letter to the CEO or an email to the CEO basically being like, this is bullshit. Like we're busting our ass for you. And like the least you could do is just allow us to put it 
in our portfolio and he didn't even realize that like that was a rule that was a rule and he was just like yeah put it in your portfolio i'll get it sorted out with legal and he did so like shout out tony shea for that damn but uh yeah so i mean like tony shea throws those parties doesn't he like some massive parties have you been to those i mean like all the zappos parties are like massive parties yeah they're all insane because someone was just talking about how they have like these rvs or something yeah he has like an rv like compound downtown more or less like it's like a bunch of like yeah and it's like a bunch of his friends just all live in their like uh airstreams airstreams are tiny houses and they like it's all fenced off they have like alpacas that run around i've hung out there a couple times what stuff my friends like lives there yeah that's where he he lives in the like an airstream he lives in an airstream trailer how much is that company worth fuck dude i don't know they're owned by amazon now so yeah they got acquired for a fuck ton of money like but yeah billion dollar company yeah so but i mean like he's just like kind of like an eccentric guy like that i guess but it's sick yeah so i mean um but yeah i just like i got sick of playing like all the corporate bullshit and i was working there with my girl and it was just like stressful because it's like you're spending every minute with like you know you're spending i spent every minute with her like lived with her worked with her we had like we the only friends we had were friends we worked with because we didn't have time to make other friends separately right right so it's like all our like day-to-day so I just was super burnt out on it. Uh, I got an opportunity to go run like marketing and stuff for Jesse, Gabe's older brother uh, in Missouri, back in Columbia. He owns three bars and uh, he needed someone to like run all his marketing and stuff. So I had been going back to Columbia and visiting just because like I've missed everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I moved back and. um, With your girl? Yeah. And. she was burnt out on Zappos too. So mm. it was like, at the time it seemed like the best idea. And it, I mean, it, it is super beneficial now Yeah, because like, I mean, because of like, I moved back and I wasn't creating any work. And I remember I put something up that just said like, I'm trying to shoot more video work. Like if you got a brand or anything like that, like that you want some video work for, like it might be trash. Cause I haven't shot video since I was in high school, but like, uh, you know, I need to learn. I'll do it on the low. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like I wasn't gonna do anything for free, but like I do it on the low, whatever. And uh, my buddy Colin, uh, who tattoos at Iron Tiger, also tattooed Oliver. Right. And I think that he had seen it and passed on the info to him. Like, hey, I know this guy. I know you shoot videos, whatever. And he texted me after I guess Oliver had said to him, like, yeah, like he had. He told me later on, like he'd seen like work that I had shot when I was shooting like the local scene back then. Cause yeah, he was, yeah. he was really, he's like eight years younger than me. Mm. Um, so like when I was like shooting like your bands and stuff that were coming through, he was like in high school, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. you know? And, uh, so he said he'd seen like the stuff and, and was like kind of hyped it. on it. But, um, I, Colin texted me and he's like, Hey, I tattooed this kid. He's a rapper. He shoots all his own music videos. Uh, but I told him about you and he knew who you were. And he thought like, I thought maybe I'd pass on your info to him or you, I'll pass his info on to you. And I was like, he's a rapper? You know, yeah, like, yeah, we're in like, Columbia, Missouri. Right. I'm like, he's a rapper? And he was like, yeah. I was like, is he white or black? <laughs> and he was like, he's white. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, man, send me a link. Let me look at it. Like, you never know. Yeah, you never know. And so he just sends me a link to his YouTube channel. And, like, I open it up. And, like, the first video – or, no, he just sent me his name. And I Googled it, and the first thing that popped up was, like, a video that had, like, 1.8 million views on it. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, like, at that point. you off. It, and, and, like, see, but, like, that's just the thing I was just bitching about, like, followers and stuff like that. Like, but you see that number, and immediately you're like, okay, well, like, 
1.8 million times this video has been viewed. Like, like people cared about, even if it's one person caring about it, 1.8 million times. That's a lot of times. Yeah, that's a lot of times. You know, so I was like, all right, I'm going to open it up. Let's see what this kid's about. And it was this, uh, the song was, oh, yeah. And oh, like, I watched that video. Yeah, it's like in a red, like, uh, shot like in a red Corvette, or mm-hmm. not Corvette, uh, BMW, like but convertible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and um, I watched it and I was just like, I mean, his music is good, but this video is trash. Like, no offense. I told I told him I felt the same way. It wasn't even that it was trash. Like, it was it was like edited really well. Like, yeah. he edits really good. Like, all the stuff that we shoot together, like he edits all of it. And right. when I first met him, and he said he wanted to edit all of it, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But like, let me tell you right now, like, if you shoot a music video like every two weeks for someone, or like once a month for someone, and they want to edit it. And they're good at editing it. Let it go. Let them edit it. Yeah, for sure. Because like that's the you know that's like the worst fucking part. It's like I, you have, I love that part to be dude, honest. That's where I make the you video know happen. I love editing video yeah. for myself. Oh right. But I like dealing with clients and shit. Like uh, like I've shot music videos for like other bands in the past, and it's like even like bands that I'm friends with. Like I did a music video for Zabulba, and like it went back and forth a couple times. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, oh, can we change this? Can we change that? What about this? You know? And like, they're all like completely reasonable things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying anyone's ever not reasonable, but it's like you get done editing it and you're stoked and then they want to change something about it. And you're like, oh, you okay, just feel okay like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to change, change this thing. And then like, even like the end result might be better than what it was that you originally sent them, but it's just like the headache of doing it over yeah. and over. So when like he started editing them when I was, I would shoot them and then he'd send me the edit and I'd be like, fuck, I don't know if I could have edited that better. Really? You know? like, yeah, I mean, like, Shout out to I'll him. be real. Like, he has more experience. Like, I've only been really pushing video hard since meeting him. Hmm. Like, I'd done some videos here and there. Well, um, I remember you you fucking text me about this, I think, like, eight months ago. That's when you guys met? Yeah, probably. You guys, like, hit me up about video shit. You're yeah. Like, Yo, I, I was don't tra- know what I'm doing. I don't, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've got a Canon 5D Mark III. It doesn't autofocus. Is that a big deal? Yeah. Like, what would if I get a Sony A7? What do I gotta get? Like, and I was like gonna buy all the stuff, and like, I didn't. I mean, like, I have a really good arsenal of Canon equipment. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's hard to make that switch. To yeah, it's shit. like if I'm gonna make the switch to something, I want it to be able to autofocus at this point. Right. Like, good. Yeah. And like, Canon now has really good autofocus, so mm-hmm. now it's just like, I guess I'll just I just haven't bought a new Canon body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like. I'd probably just buy like a Mark IV. If I could afford a 1DX Mark II in the future, then I'd do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just shoot on one of those. But like, I don't really care about gear yeah. either. Like, I just want gear to function for me. Yeah, and get the you content. Know? Like, I like I shoot my vlog on like a camera that no one else shoots a fucking vlog on. But I just on? like how it looks. It's like a Fuji X100F. Hmm. Most people think of it as a still photography camera. And if you read the video reviews on it, they're like, it's trash. Don't use it. And I'm like, it looks tight. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I like the vlogs. Sometimes the autofocus kind of sucks on it, but other than that, like, it, is what it, it is. looks cool. Like, it has a built-in color profile that looks tight. I don't color grade anything. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, Simple. I can concentrate on just, like, creating cool content without, like, having to, like, you know, dress Deal it up afterwards. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, because we were just talking about, before the podcast started, we were talking about uh, 4K, shooting 4K or not, and... He just doesn't. He just shoots everything HD. Yeah, I shoot 1080. And I, I try to. I am almost forced to shoot it because at this point, yeah. we're not even shooting 4K anymore. We're shooting 6 and 8K Jeez. for these projects. That's I'm like, editing music videos in 8K on a laptop. It's I don't like, think like my. I don't think my computer could even. I mean, I have a new computer, but like, okay, like I 
when I first started the vlog, I shot everything in 2.7K on a mm -hmm. GoPro. Yeah. And uh, it would take forever to like, ex it take me longer to export that footage and like store all that footage and everything just like was so much bigger. And I was just like, I'm just shooting a vlog right now. Like, I think like if I shot like, if like tomorrow Oliver was like, dude, we got to shoot this in 4K. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, we'll shoot in 4K. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, like, you get. If I got like a big client for a video project, I'd shoot it in 4K, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but like for me personally, it's like, I'm just going to put this on YouTube. It's going to YouTube. And if you got a 4K TV and you're watching YouTube in 1080p, that's whatever. That's what half of over half of YouTube right now. Way anyway. more than half. Yeah. So like, True. It's just like it's whatever. I, I at a certain point when like the point and shoot cameras all got good 4K in them, and like it's like not hard to get like multiple terabytes of solid state storage or something like that. Then like it's so expensive. Yeah. Then like then I'll shoot 4K yeah, for yeah. fun. Right. But till then like I just like I don't know. I used to be like really. I feel like there's like two types of photographers. And there's like the photographer who really cares about gear, and then there's like the photographer who's like uh uh. There's no politically correct way to say it, so I don't know how to say it. But like, they're like just really artsy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and like, I try to like fall somewhere in the middle of those two. I don't really care about gear. I just want it to like, like get the. Job I done. just want to have all the gear that I need to like shoot whatever I want. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like, like uh, at one point in time, I just had like a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. And I was like, okay, I need to shoot wider than this. Mm. So I got like a 35 millimeter, you know, or like whatever it might be. And then like slowly I acquire more gear because like I like I'm limited by what my gear can do. Right. But like uh like like the only reason I want to upgrade my camera is so I can have autofocus. Yeah. I mean, video. It's fucking, it's other than that like Yeah, other than that, but even like just like even in music videos, like I know like that most people still would shoot manual focus on a lot of things, but like for a lot of shit like okay like running through a field chasing someone it's, and like that kind of stuff if i could have an autofocus system working that that'd be cool yeah you know what i'm saying right. or like whatever it might be like um i don't know no, I, just, I feel that i don't like being limited by my gear but i also don't really care like i meet like kids all the time who want to talk to me about the new this that came out or the new that that came out and i'm just like yeah it don't matter I'm like that's cool right i was like yeah i'm gonna I'm going to just keep shooting on the same stuff. Yeah. You know. So, but you, okay, let's, I know I tangented, uh, if that's <laughs> a word, I don't know, I'll make it up. I'm like really bad at staying on topic. It's all good. I'm like getting better at it. Yeah. Because of this podcast, but other than that, no, I'm the same shit. But I want to go back to, you link up with him. Yeah. And, y you know, how you guys meet, what's that like? Uh, I just said like, yo, you want to come over and just like, like talk about videos or something? And he was like, yeah, uh, you know, let's meet up. And he came over and like, first thing I said was like, do you smoke weed? And he was like, yeah. And he brought his friend AJ with him and we sat there and we smoked. And I think we might've went and got food or something afterwards, probably. Yeah. Um, and we just like, it was like, you ever just like meet someone and instantly you're like, I like this dude. Like, this is a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's like, what I thought about you, dog. Yeah. There's yeah, a, you know. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like instantly, right? like instantly within meeting him, I was like, you guys this knew. kid's got like a good head on his shoulders you know what i'm saying like he's like uh i shouldn't even call him a kid he's i mean he's 25 but i mean he's a kid compared to good me to, you yeah, know what i'm saying but sure. like um yeah so like i felt the same way of meeting him for this podcast like he's just very like straightforward about his shit yeah what he wants, but, but he's like too. a he's it, it's cool because like it's rare i feel like it's rare that you meet people who are like all around creative mm -hmm. like i can get creative with photos and i can get creative with 
videos. But like when it comes to like music, like I tried to make music so many times in my life. Like I sang in a band that I could never sing on time in. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like I just like uh, it's it's interesting when you meet someone who like can play like a bunch of instruments and can like who writes and fucking produces and mixes and masters and records all their own stuff and then like used to shoot all their own music videos and yeah. like even now like like he said in his podcast if that comes out after this here spoiler alert but like sometimes we'll be like like for instance the other day we were driving and I'm driving the van but there's like a bunch of good b-roll happening out the windows for this music video we're shooting yeah. throughout the course of this tour we're on right now and I just was like yo like take the camera and shoot this right and like he's like I don't know what to set it to so like he hands me the camera back up and I set all the settings and I'm like checking and everything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, it's good. Just press record and you know how to focus it. You're good. You That's know? Funny. And like, and, but like, he's got like a good eye for that stuff. And it's, it's, I feel like it's rare that you meet someone who's like an all around, like creative who has like a good vision. That's a dope combo too. Yeah. But so when I met him, like, cause I work really well, like creatively, like I do not, I like lack pre visualization. Mm. Like I, like when it comes to like, mood boards and storyboards and stuff like that like i literally like beat my head off a wall for a while trying to figure it out where with like um if you put me in a scenario and you're like this is the room we're in this is the light we have these are the cameras you have make something i can make something yeah. and like i'm confident that i'll make something good right but like when it's like okay we should get like blue lights and red lights and then we'll get like we'll get all this stuff and we'll get a projector or whatever. Like all these like crazy, like ideas that come out of nowhere. I don't pluck those ideas out of thin air, mm. but like if you come to me and you're like, these are all the things we have, what could we do with this? I'd be like, Oh yeah. shit, we could do a bunch of cool stuff. You you're know? kind of stuck learning that way though, too. I was the same way. Like we didn't have people telling us that mood boards were like, the way yeah. like you needed to have like yeah. decks and come up with I'm proposals just, and all this shit. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm not good at like uh pre visualization. Which is like when I work with my fiance Jasmine, she's really good at that. Mm -hmm. So like before we shoot or anything, like because we shoot together sometimes, right? Um, and we used to shoot together obviously at Zappos. Yeah. Uh, she worked at. I didn't say that in this interview, but she also worked at Zappos. She was an art director there, and um, uh, she's really good at just like having an idea. Yeah. But like where she lacks is like showing up to the scene and being like, how do I bring this idea to life? It's like the perfect. And I was like the flip flop. Yeah, 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 I'm like, dope. you know, uh, it's like we can be like, she can tell me like, I want to do, I've got this idea. Like we shot for like um, this brand called Belladonna and she was like, okay, like I kind of talked to them and the idea is like, we're going to get like a low rider car in front of this old, like classic, like like 80s looking style like hair salon with like the 80s graphics on the windows and stuff i don't know if you remember but they used to like yeah. paint the big faces on the windows and they look super 80s super well but like i would have never thought that stuff up you know what i'm saying unless yeah. someone suggested it to me and then i'd be like oh that's cool yeah right. we'll do that but then like we showed up the day of the shoot and she's like okay well how, how do we position the car and i'm like well it's going to be best this way for the right line. you, you know, know exactly like let's do. set it up this way so like that's how my brain works like i need to be given an idea so like working with oliver is like He'll show up at my house and we'll like be like, okay, what if we shot like, like our most viewed video that we've got together is a hundred K as the name of the song. It's got like almost 900 K views now, but, um, and we put that out like three months ago, but like that whole thing just started, like he came over my house and we were in my kitchen and my kitchen's like really white and it had like this, uh, like everything in it is white and it had this natural light coming through the window and he was like dude, this would look sick for a video. And I looked at it and I was like, 
yeah, it would look sick for a video. I guess I never really, you know, right. Like the light in here is good. It's just like kind of like a dingy little kitchen, but everything is like porcelain white in it. Yeah. And uh, so we like busted out the camera and just started shooting. And then he like just had a song. Like, yeah, he had a, he always has songs on yeah, deck yeah. ready to go. And uh, so we started shooting the video. Or he that song was actually premeditated though. Like we already knew he was gonna make the song. Right. He came over that day, I think, to just talk about the video. We didn't plan on shooting it yet. Mm. And then we started shooting it and then he called up like two of his friends who were in like a lot of his videos and we're like, Okay, we need to shoot more for this. Excuse me. And uh so then like one of his friends was like, I know a rooftop we can get on. So then like right. we went and went to this roof. And so like we got done shooting at the end of the day and like he went home with the footage and he's like, Okay, we need to shoot more. He's like, I don't think we got enough. So then it was like, we started going through different ideas, and we're like, let's do something with like bikes. And so then like, you know, he basically was like, I've got these two like vintage like BMX bikes, right? And he's like, so me and AJ will ride them, and then you'll film them. So then I'm like, how do I film someone on a bike unless I'm riding on something? So then like, I'm like skating, trying to operate a glide cam like down the middle of like the main street in Columbia, yeah, and um. And it's just like, it's, it's funny, like how it all comes together, but like he had all these ideas and then like, I'm like, okay, we shoot it like this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll shoot it like that. Like, this will be good. Oh, you need is the plague, the arena, you know what I mean? Like yeah. once you put in the arena. So, but yeah, that's like creatively, that's also how I work, which is, I think like, I sometimes feel like limits me a little bit when I'm trying to sell myself to people because it's like, oh, I gotta come up with an idea. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Which is like why I worked well at Zappos. Cause it'd be like, these are all the categories we have to advertise for next month. And I'd be mm. like, Okay. Uh, so we could do like a beach at this place or we could do like, we could go out to the mountains and shoot this stuff. Like when we get there, I'll make it work. Yeah. yeah you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, that's just like how my brain works. Right. Um, so maybe that's like going back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that might be another thing like in the back of my head that hinders me from like really like being like pushing myself out there mm. with stuff. But like, that's interesting. Yeah. But like, I, like when I worked for Zappos, I shot a lot of still life also. Yeah. It's like shoes like on styled out and stuff on like a, you know, just like on a backdrop or something. Right. And uh, because of that, like I don't advertise that I do still life or anything, but like a kid I grew up with, um, he's always been like a really like go getter. And he started he started a uh, like an app for legal marijuana delivery. Yeah. Kid's like a, a genius with a bunch of stuff. But uh, he, he started this app. And like because he knew that I did all that still life stuff, he hit me up and he's like, hey, I need to shoot like really nice, like like high, like what? how did he describe it? He, he wanted it to just look like high quality photography of like everything from like the weed to like um, joints like laid out and stylized and stuff like that. And so like we got together and like, he flew me out to Massachusetts. We did a shoot together and like kind of worked it all out. And like, because of that, that spirals into other things mm. and stuff like that. But like, it was the same thing. Like I showed up and I'm like, okay, what do you like? Tell me what you want and I can make it happen. But like, if you want me to just like creatively, like make this all up, like yeah. it's not going to work that well. And luckily, like he knew what he wanted. He's like, I want it shot on one of these types of backgrounds. So let's try all of them. So like we try all of them and then we like, sit there and I'm like, I like the blue the most. And you know, he's like, I like the blue the most too. Okay. Yeah. We're going to shoot it on blue. All right. Let's see how the light is like this. Uh, and you know, he'd be like, try it like that. And then I'd point out like, I don't really like how the shadows are in this. And he'd be like, you know what? I didn't even notice that, you know? So yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. I work really well collaboratively with people. 
I guess. And it's the fucked best up way to too say. if someone could base a decision like picking people yeah. over that fact because I think that a lot of companies know exactly what they want. They just don't know how to craft it into sentences. Yeah. But if they try their best, it gives you at least enough runway. Because yeah. think about this. Most companies and brands, and this is, it goes with pitching shit because a lot of people, it's a, I don't know how to describe this. I mean, it can limit you because yeah. a lot of brands don't know what they want. No, it's but a true. lot of brands know everything about their brand because they're the ones that fucking created it. Exactly. So all I have to do is say like three things, and that could be enough for you to run with. But if they need you to say three things, the fuck are you supposed to come up with? Th- I can understand that. How the fuck are you supposed to come up with three ideas or three things that could help them create a whole marketing campaign? Yeah, because like at the end of the day, like I care about my brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. Uh, and my brand is creating stuff for other brands, but like with direction. Yeah. I guess, more or less. And uh, so like I, I I don't know I I. Yeah, I just work better collaboratively, and that's why I think with, like, Oliver and stuff, we work really well together, because he has, like, a really clear, defined uh, idea in his head of what he wants to project. Sure. And uh, so it's, it's a lot, it, yeah, it's a lot easier for me to just be like, bet, we can do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a problem at all. Um, Which is crazy, because now, I mean, his videos, like, I think I checked his YouTube to see, like, how many, he's gotten, like, over 30 million yeah, YouTube I think it's like over a hundred million or some crazy shit. Damn I don't bro. know, maybe not. Well, I, I mean, collectively it could be collectively, like multiple, yeah. But like just to see the growth for him and just after having done the interview with him, how crazy his story is. From yeah, like he, he just basically like popped on YouTube. That was it. Like he hasn't done anything else. I li- the thing I, I like about working with him is like he's not like um, big headed with his ambitions for yeah. things, you know, and I'm sure you get that. Yeah. I didn't catch listen that. to, listen to the Oliver Francis podcast. This is me plugging my friend right yeah, now. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean like he, he's like very like, like I, we were in New York and like the show was crazy. Yeah. Like it was like, dude, it like rivaled like going to like, uh, pendulum swings era expire show mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it was like kids are just going fucking nuts not saying they weren't going nuts later in but right. like they were playing bigger places than like you know 250 300 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying but like this place is packed and these kids are like stage diving and like singing every word and it's just like slamming up and down it was so cool and afterwards like some guy that was like with some other industry guys was there and he's like saying to oliver in the back he's like you know well, what's your aspirations? And he's like, I mean, I feel like I made it. <laughs> like and the guy was, was like, he's like, yeah, but like, what do you want to do after this? And he was like, I, I want to like, just keep doing this. Like, this is, this is making it to me. Like, you know, like I got fans who are loyal, who care about my, like, you know, care about me and stuff like that. And I care about them. And like, if it grows, that's great. And if it stays like this, that's great too. Like I'm killing it yeah. for me. And like, I just remember like thinking like, Man, that is not how most kids think. Ever, I know. Ever, it's like it's like, man, I sold out two hundred fifty. I should sell two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Or you My know what I'm saying? Up. Yeah, exactly. Like that kind of stuff. And he's like super humble. And I feel like, um, I feel like you don't, you're not humble if you say you're really humble. But I'm very introverted, which I feel like makes me more towards that end mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Uh, and so I can definitely identify with that a lot more. No, and it's cool. And I think that, that he sounds very confident in the fact that he knows as an independent artist, he's investing into himself and his brand. Yeah. Which means in he, now finding you, you're a part of that. Yeah. You're very much a part of that. So he's investing into you and you guys are going to create the best product you possibly yeah, can. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he's giving you the jungle to like fuck around in. And, For sure. No, yeah. it's cool. It's it's super cool. It's, it's like the exact collaborative type stuff I need to right. like 
thrive as a creative. What's your plans for the future then? Like, where you guys, you know, this tour is happening right now. It ends. Uh, yeah, this Friday. tour is done. Yeah, Friday we head back. Uh, he's doing some dates in February. You'll be out with him. For that? Um, yeah, cool. Go up for that. So like, he never like like. I'd like done like, you know, in bands, like been the guy who's like kind of had to like manage shit like on the road as far as like, all right, well, we need to go talk to the promoter and get paid right, and stuff right, like right. that. So he basically was like, hey, like, you know, they they really want me to have a tour manager. Are you cool with me putting you on for these emails and stuff? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, I'll pay you for it, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Like, how hard can it be? Okay, like, getting paid from a promoter at like a DIY punk venue is so different than getting paid from like a promoter at like, the, the house of blues yeah. or whatever you know what i'm saying like it's like they're going over invoices and what everything was spent on and this was your guarantee but it's v- based off of like you know yeah. ticket sales at this percentage and blah, blah blah and i'm just sitting there and i'm like Fuck. the first like the first night like uh that we the first night they just kind of like gave me the invoice and we made more money than we thought we were gonna make so we were cool yeah and then the second night i uh the second show we were all like having a good time and like I got a little stoned after the show (laughs) before I had to meet with the promoter and I'm sitting there and I'm like in the promoter's room and I'm just like, I'm paying attention to everything, but I'm also like in my head being like, pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Pay attention. And I'm like, okay, we're not getting screwed. Okay, good. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah, as he's going over all that stuff with me in my head, I'm just like, this is so different than like punk and hardcore and stuff like that. It's like, there's real expenses here. Yeah, they it's, gotta pay for all the bouncers, all the fucking security shit. Dude, we just played one show, and they they supposedly one of the line items was four hundred dollars for security, and I'm like, there was one guy. Jesus, like that's the bullshit. Like yeah. it was like two hundred and fifty dollars or something for like hospitality, and I'm like, they made us pay for our own Red Bulls. Like what? What, what the fuck? You got more. Like it's 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 funny how like the music industry works. Could you but see yeah. yourself going in that direction of like managing too? Doing like road managing, that could be. It's cool. Uh, I would probably keep doing it for him. Like if he asked me to do it for the next like tour but or whatever. You're more focused. But I would rather just focus on photography. Dope. Like I like I want to get out of Colombia. Um, I want to move to like a major market, and I want to like keep pursuing like photography and stuff like that, and then just going on tour with him. Yeah. Like um. At first, I was like kind of tripping on it because it's like he he was straight up. He was like, "Yo, if you move, I'm just letting you know. Like, I'm gonna keep shooting my own music videos because I gotta keep putting out content regularly, right? You know, because I've talked to him about moving in the past. And at first, I was like kind of tripping on it. Like, I was like, "Damn, that's kind of a bummer." But like, I get it. Like from his standpoint, like I can't fly back every month and shoot that kind of stuff. But on the flip side, like we just did like three weeks on the road, and in that three weeks, we shot four music videos. Yeah. Like he's like, "Dude, I got content for like four months now." Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I know that I'll still get a lot of work in with them when we go on tour and stuff anyway. Just maximize like the trips back and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but like, I, you know, I, I like, he's become like one of my really good friends and I'll stand by him no matter what. Like, you know, you want to go on tour? We're going on tour. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's my commitment. But like, when I'm not doing that, like, I need to push me. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? I need to grow outside of just like the Oliver Francis brand or whatever. It's just like, like, you do shit with Schoolboy Q. But then, like, you're doing all this stuff, too, and you're pushing your own stuff. And, yeah, for sure. And you're doing the documentaries and right. working on all that stuff, too. So it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's cool to have, like, <clears throat> it's cool to make, like, a good friendship with someone like that and a good, like, creative friendship yeah. with someone like that. But I need to, like, go out and do more for myself. I just, like, I got, like, bigger ambitions for myself in life as far as, like, you know, like, I want to shoot, like, 
someday I want to shoot the cover of like GQ or something like that. That'd, That'd be, be cool. Hard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's what I was gonna say. What is the what's the goal then? Like more branded content, like working in fashion. And- um, I mean, for a while I really wanted to work in fashion. I don't like I like shooting editorial work, but there's not really money in mm. editorial work a lot of the time. Um, which like isn't really the biggest driving factor. I just want to like create the best work I can. Yeah, for like, sure. I'm going to do more work with like this uh, like weed company and like it's cool because like we're creating like uh, the aesthetic of like all the photography and everything is very like high end. I guess that was the word I was sure. looking for before. It was like um, the way he pitched it to me was like, look, like, you know, you've got like multiple apps out there that like all do the same thing. But there's always like one app that like appeals to people that like want to spend money on that app yeah. because it's like a quality app or yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? He's like, the the content is good. And he's like, that's what like, I, he's like, if you look at any other like weed delivery apps that are out there, it's like garbage and looks like it was made in someone's living room. Probably was. Yeah, probably. Cause it's like the whole industry is run by like right. uh, stoners. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But um, so it's like, it's cool. Like uh, some of the stuff we shot, like I've never seen people shoot like a joint the way we shot a joint. And or, like, imagine whatever. like where that could spawn off into other jobs. Like people are going to see that shit. Exactly. Like, or, or the collaborations that he'll bring to that. Yeah. Table, like, yeah, it's just gonna keep connecting dots. So it's I just want to like keep I want to move to a major market, so I'm forced to network more. Fuck yeah, because um, like I said, like being an introvert, it's hard. But like I also like to go out and meet people. Like I mean, like I think I think every introvert on earth likes to brag that they're an introvert, and I that also is corny to me. But like I do get like social anxiety. That's yeah. why like I used to bring my camera out. I still bring a camera out everywhere with me. Right. I haven't like gone out without a camera. I mean like what? Your my camera's, camera's sitting there. over there somewhere. Yeah. I don't go anywhere without one. You know what I'm right. saying? And it's like it's like a security blanket. Fuck yeah. But um I think if I put myself in a situation where I stand to meet more people and stuff like that, like I could build more just like with that art director at Zappos, like I could build more like natural organic relationships that like lead to better things for me as opposed to like cold calling people or like, you know, just like, I mean, people don't cold call anymore, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, they do DMing people, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. I don't know. They find a way to do it, dog. Yeah. Sliding in someone's DMS or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I just like, especially being there, you're going to be put in situations where it's easier to just have a normal conversation that it might felt awkward to have before, but it's so common because almost any time you talk to someone, they're more interested in like what you're doing because yeah. you're having a conversation, just giving time out of their day to talk to you. It's like, oh, what do you do? Or why are you here? Why yeah, did you 100%. get in this conversation? Oh, because this is, this is what I do. Yeah. Oh, shit. Cool. We and that, you. I think like that's like the most important thing to like. Oliver's back? Yeah. Thank God. That was a we long thought you got phone. killed by the dogs, we, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was like, that's like the thing is like, uh, putting yourself in those situations and then being able to like know like what to say like my portfolio has been offline for like three weeks four weeks because i've been like trying to redo it all and uh and now it's like it's all redone and i was talking to someone the other day and i haven't pushed it live but like i still have the links for it you know what i'm saying saved like it's it's not public but it's online and like i was just showing someone on my phone like whatever and i think like being able to put yourself in those situations, but then also knowing how to act on them. Like, like I said, with the art director at, at Zappos that time was like, I knew like if I got in this situation and I talked to him, I could sell myself easily yeah. if he saw my work, but I just got to get into that situation. So like getting into more of those situations is like a, a reason for wanting to move to like a major market, like an LA or a New York or something. I think I've the, like another example I could give of that working in my favor was, um, 
the I think the other day. No, not the other day. I'm gonna go back to like when I first was here and I was working on all of Chris Brown's music videos and shit and doing his doc, but he yeah. has no idea who I am. He's just seeing me, but it's not like he knows me. Yeah. And then we're editing all the music videos together. He likes to edit all his music videos too, or like sit in on the edit. Yeah. We'd be there back to back to back. And I knew after seeing him interact with the people I was with that he it's like a like he's working with the business, so it's treated like a business. Like it, it's this job's gonna get done no matter what because yeah. this is what's promised. And so it doesn't see you almost as an artist in a weird way, if you if that makes sense. But yeah. I knew if he sees you as an artist, like he'll respect you. Like yeah. he'll for sure, like that's how his that's how his friendships are made. Is like once he knows you're dope at art, like you'll see him post people doing graffiti shit, and they might be like nobodies, but he'll like post their work and yeah, shit because yeah. he fucks with it. And like we were sitting there one night, and um, I knew that he wanted to do this shot with the camera. Uh, you know, it's called a snorri cam, but it's like the thing. It's like the camera's hooked up to your body, so when you move it, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to do that. It's like front facing. Yeah, it faces yeah, yeah. your point of view. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's like this trippy type thing. And he was like, I want to have this party. I want to have like I want to look fucked up. So I want to have like this look, and I'll be w- walking through the house. And at the same time, DJI, who makes all the drones and shit, yeah, they came out with the Osmo. You yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And so the Osmo had just came out, or like no, they hadn't even released it. They just promoted it, and I thought that shit was so sick, and I remember wanting it so bad. I have a buddy who's got one. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for the t- at the time, now they yeah. have everyone has a gimbal and everything's handy. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. put your phone on shit but at the time nothing no one had it and yeah. i thought it was so dope and i reached out to the dude and was like yo i'm just doing behind the scenes and like kind of editing chris's videos could like you give me one i could do a review or something and he called me he's like we would love for it to be in the videos is there any way you could actually use it i'm like nah i'm not doing the videos like i'm yeah. not gonna bring this they, no, they're not gonna get the technology all the shit and me and chris were sitting there after like we just took a break everyone like broke to eat food and me and him were just sitting in the bay and i was like yo that thing that you were talking about with the snorri cam, I'm like, what if? And I just started pitching. I'm like, this is the risk, you know what I mean? But yeah. this isn't me like. But yeah, like, you took the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what if we added this because no one's doing a gimbal on a snorri cam? It's always been locked off, so now you have a stabilized camera trying to like work with your body, and that's weird. And then I, yeah. could, it's remote control, so I could be spinning it. Imagine you're spinning. We ramp the camera, and that's like a trippy look. He's like, fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's like the yeah, original yeah. shit. And from then on, it was like boys like it was yeah, weird yeah, like he for just sure. like he knew me he knew me but then that happened and it was like dude that was crazy like blah 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 like yeah, yeah. we just that was like the weirdest thing but it's like not being like yo man i'm really good at stuff like, exactly I like you saw that. the you saw the opportunity and you were like okay this is my chance to say something humbly to, like, yeah not exactly. in a weirdo way or like anytime you know an artist you if it work an artist yeah like, you try to give them media and like you're like oh give me your number like i never ever I yeah. airdrop this shit to me or whatever dude, seriously when it's they're the ready to give thing. you the number and shit they'll do it you know what i mean but it's like even like kids will dm me uh, like questions about photography and stuff and it's just like the approach is just like tell me how to do this man yeah what the yeah, fuck yeah. i don't know and you. it's just like that whole mentality of just like openly like just soliciting yourself to people i just can't do it yeah. but like that is what i'm saying is like a good situation where For it's sure. like yeah i don't know i mean Whenever those kids hit you up about that, just tell them to join Black with No Cream because that's like what was happening to me over and over again. I was like, I want to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand you don't understand how to ask questions yet and you're just kind of ignorant how you do this shit. Yeah. And, but I want to help you. I've like I, too many DMs from kids asking questions about photography. You, you know what I thought about doing? I still think I might do it. Is because it, it's always just it's it's never questions of how it's always what 
did you mm. shoot it on? What did you shoot sure. this on? So I'm just gonna I have an Amazon affiliates account. Oh yeah. I'm just gonna make a page on my blog on my blog that just is like link them. I use this camera with the link and this camera with the link. And then like hopefully one kid with mom's credit card is just they like will. All right, I'm gonna buy your entire camera kit and I'm gonna make like a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. I'm just gonna start I, I was talking about that the other night and I'm like I just need to make the page and just send that out to kids you need every to time. Take it one step me. farther and say, um, "Give me your credit card and I'll buy the shit for I'll you." I'll buy. And yeah, I'll exactly. Take the finder's fee. Like, yeah. nah. But um, let me ask you. I did the you know ask questions or whatever. Yeah, I had for a sure. Few. Um, so everyone in Black Widow Cream gets asked this shit, and so Trevor has. You probably heard this earlier. You did hear it earlier when I asked Oliver. But what's your favorite failure story, and what did you learn from it? That's from Trevor Carlson. Uh. Failure. Failure story. Yeah. Um, He's thinking boys and Yeah, it's and hard. Girls. Okay, so like, because I'm like super, uh, I'm not saying I never failed it. Uh, is this like with photography and video or just in general? In general. I mean, it's probably, they're probably t- t- asking for... Yeah, I guess, work. okay, like, I did a music video for Zabulba. I don't know if this is, like, my favorite failure story, but this was, like, a learning experience for sure. sure. I did this music video with Zabulba, and, um, like, I love the dudes in Zabulba, but, like, left to their own devices, like, they're not the guys who are, like, going to creatively collab with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll be yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, we got a space, and we got, like... uh we got like, you know, we're going to have some guys with some masks and like, it was just like, kind of like a, do it one way. We just like, kind of like, I didn't really know what they wanted and I don't think they really knew what they wanted. Like right. I, the night before I shot like promo pics and like half of them wanted them to be like silly and drinking and the other half wanted them to be like serious, like, yeah. which are like the two sides of that band if you know them. Right. But, um, like half of them are like partiers and like, but the music is really dark. Mm. So I guess all of them are kind of partiers, but yeah, so I, it wasn't really like clear direction on what exactly they wanted. So I came out to LA from Vegas and I like shot this video and, uh, I like went back to Vegas after like a day of shooting and I'm like sitting down editing. And this was like one of the first like music videos I really like tried to put emphasis, like tried, tried on, you know what I'm saying? That just like dicking around with a friend. And, uh, I just remember going back and being like, damn, I did not like really plan this out good at all. Mm. Like it was really, I was like, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do a few takes and then we'll shoot some B-roll and it'll be good. And I was like, okay. So like I basically texted Nate from Zabulba and like Nate is the man. And I just was like, dude, like I'm going to be real with you. Like, I don't think we got a good video here. And like I sent it to uh, Doyle, Andrew Doyle. Yeah. And I, I even sent it to Tim because he was kind of the one who linked me up with it originally. And I was like, what do you think? And he's like, I think it could be better. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for being honest. Right. You know? And uh, I sent it to Nate and I was like, I don't like it. Like I showed it to Doyle, I'll be honest. He didn't like it either. Like gave me his honest opinion on it. Like I think like, and that's when I started to form an idea for how to do the video. Mm. And I was like, I think if I come back, like, I'm sorry to do it. Like, obviously, I wouldn't charge you for more shooting. It's, like, a pain in the ass for you guys to take the time out to do it. But, like, I think if I come back, like, I could shoot each one of you individually, like, a few times. And I could cut that footage together. And then, like, the dark, like, cryptic stuff, we don't need, like, your friends to shoot that. Like, I'll go shoot that with people, like, in, like, the mountains somewhere outside right. of Vegas. Because, like, I can, like, direct it more and think about it more and spend more time with it and not waste people's time. I said it might take me a couple shoots to get it, get it right. And, like, he heard that, and he was just like, yeah, that's cool, like, whatever. But, like, 
like just like as an example of like how like Zabulba is like uh I forget which which dude showed up, but he didn't have his guitar. And I was like, Where's your guitar? And he's like, Well, Brian brought my guitar last time, so I just assumed he'd bring a guitar for me this time. And I was like, Why wouldn't you bring your own guitar? Oh, you? you know what I'm saying? But like that's just like Yeah, yeah. They they're they're all laughing and they're like, This is just how we are. Right. And it was like they ended up like using like a because, like, we only had the one guitar, and it had a bunch of stickers on it. So both guitarists can't the be sh- playing the same guitar, yeah, yeah. even though they're not in the same shot together right. ever. So it was like, there was, like, a children's guitar around. I mean, like, you can't really tell, like, <laughs> yeah, on a yeah. wide-angle lens that it's, it's like, like a little bit, thing. yeah. But, like, there's one part where he's got, like a like, a whammy bar, like, solo in it, and, like, the guitar didn't have a whammy bar on it. So, like, I gave him, like, a... Um, I want to say it was like you know like the the hammer that you on the kick drum or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, the like, pin. Yeah, yeah, like we took that out and like he held it like oh in a way. God. So he's like doing this, so That's it looks like he's and funny. like the angle that I shot it at, you just see a little bit of it in his hand, and it's like the guitar is no whammy bar; it's a children's guitar. Like wow. it was, it was funny, but like I mean, um, did that video come out? Yeah, it's called Enemigo by Zabulba. Check it out, guys. Um, but yeah, it's a. At least you didn't. You could have been a fucking piece of shit and just be like, "This is good." This is yeah, good. no, you like I, because it. I didn't want to put my name on something that like if I showed it to a friend and they were like, like Doyle was very nice about it. He was very yeah. Doyle about it. He yeah, was yeah. Like, Doyle's like, you know, a mutual dude, friend, by the way. Yeah, he was like, you know, dude, it's it's good. Like it's really good. Like I think it could be a little better. I think maybe you just come out and shoot some extra stuff and it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. And I was like. Okay, okay. And then, like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Damn. So, no, at least you owned up to it. So, I mean, like, I don't know if that's like my favorite failure, but I definitely learned from that one, like, pre planning yeah, for stuff like that is really important. Um, the last question that we have is uh, Joseph Cooper. He's asking, where should he go? Wait, what did he say? Where should I go show my brands my work and how can I catch brands' eyes? Okay, honestly, like, even though I talked to Trash on it a little while ago, like, just the internet man like (laughs) literally like oh we were talking i was talking about this with a friend the other day and it's just like kids always ask like they they want like the shortcut to like how you get to the point of like being able to shoot with brands and like stuff like that and like there is no shortcut like at all to any of it like yeah some people get a lucky break you know what i'm saying but like the majority of like creators out there who are doing it didn't get a lucky break. Right. They did. They, they did. I mean, like, like, like in the other podcast earlier tonight with Oliver, like it's the same thing he was saying, like he just kept putting out content and it's like, I just like, if you go and you look at like my Instagram or you look at like whatever it might be, like I, I mean, you know, even though I wasn't great at Instagram, early on I've had it since the whole time it's been out and you can see that I've constantly been like growing and evolving like there was no like there's no like overnight trick to just being able to work with brands Mm -hmm. um if a brand approaches you and you've never worked with a brand then like you know if you're not getting screwed out of it like in some way shape or form like go for it because that's like one person to put on your like client list you know and then like once you get to a certain point where like so many are hitting you up then you can start saying like you can drive your rate up. You know what I'm saying? Like once you're in a high demand, like okay, well I used to charge a hundred dollars for a shoot. Now I'm charging five hundred dollars for a shoot. I just told my friend Kurt this the other day. Like he's like been pushing himself hard with video, and he's just been growing really fast. And he's like, he told me he was doing videos for like a hundred bucks. I'm like, dude, you're fucking ripping yourself off. Like hundred bucks. 
do $500. I was like, don't do less than $500. It's just like he's doing like Instagram snippets right. for people and stuff. I was like, don't do less than 500 bucks. Like, uh, you, you'll probably lose a few people to that price, that but you'll, you'll keep people that yeah. will value your work. Fuck yeah. But like, uh, there's, there's no shortcut to that. It's just like, it's just like Kurt, like he just keeps putting out work yeah. and keeps putting out work and people keep seeing it. So like the trick to like working with brands is to like, keep putting out work and then like trying to get it within their eyesight without, for me anyway, without being like overbearing, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. tag them in their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like there's tons of kids who shoot that I've seen shoot stuff for like brands like Adidas and stuff. And they like went out and shot a bunch of stuff and they tagged Adidas in it. And then like Adidas, someone from Adidas sees that and like, it just happens that they're like, okay, well like, let's talk to this guy. We really like what he's doing or right. whatever. But yeah, like, exactly. That's smart. People want to see that you work. They don't want to just see that like you, you want to work. And and also don't underestimate the power of the internet because a lot of people would just assume that a company has people throwing content their way all the time. Yeah. So they're just not going to message them because they're like, oh, no, they probably yeah. already have someone that does this. But like in your case, Zappos had a part-time guy. Yeah. You know what I mean, like they didn't have someone Yeah, he that was split fully... between two different roles. Yeah, so... But yeah, so no, that's smart. Yeah, the key to work... I mean, like, working with Zappos wasn't, like, they found me and I, like... I, yeah, yeah. I applied to, like, a regular, like, nine-to-five job there. And I just, like, worked my way up in the company. And, like, working with, like, this, like, uh, marijuana company and stuff, like, they didn't, like, find me. Like, the dude knew me, but, like, he he wouldn't have contacted me had he not seen that I'd been putting out work for years and like busting my ass for years. Cause like we got plenty of friends that we graduated high school with who are all photographers too, who take like pictures of families with their dogs. And that's great. You're making a living. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you're doing it, but like you're not doing it at the level that this brand wants you to right, do. Right, right. So like try to focus your work on stuff that you want to be hired for, but like don't, don't place all your self worth on the fact that if you shoot for this brand or not, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, I think what it, kids, like I was saying earlier, like kids just get into photography because they think it's like a quick way to like make a check and have a cool job. Right, right, right. And like, it might be for some, but for most it's not. No, for sure. You know? Dope. Well, that was a fucking good one. Yeah. I mean, it's been fucking forever since we've actually got to the kick. I know, seriously. So I appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm out here all the time, and every time I try to link up with you, one of us is busy and just never That's happens. That's me. I'm yeah. always fucking, yeah. fucking up my friendships. And That's all good. Life. What's funny is most times when I come out here, I have people hit me up, and I'm like, I'm really busy with stuff. I know, I right? I can't. Like, I'm here for work-related stuff. So. That's how it should be, though. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was always the goal. So yeah, for sure. It's working, but... Steady. How do people find your shit? Uh, You just... Instagram. I push Instagram more than anything now. And okay. it's just at A as in Anthony, R as in Ryan, my last name, Triple E. T R I P O L I. Boom. Funny story though, real quick. Yeah. Uh when I used to shoot like hardcore shows, everyone called me R Tripoli. Yeah. Because they just I, read it I like because that was that. my website too, dot com. R Tripoli, R Tripoli. And now uh that since being on this tour, uh all of like Oliver's fans think my name is Art or Artie. So I have kids like outside of shows being Artie. like, Artie, what's up? And I'm like, my name's fucking Tony. Damn. But whatever. Like, I just like, I'm just like, hey, what's up? Fuck, that's funny. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah, but. Set them straight. But yeah, so. Uh, cool. My Instagram is probably the best, the best way. I'll link that in the show notes. You can click on that bitch in there. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing all this shit in the future. This motherfucker is a beast. Follow him on the internet and uh, 
that's it. How do you want to end this? Um, if you heard this, tweet at us. Do you have Twitter? Yeah, I got Twitter. I'm AR Tripoli on everything. All right, tweet at both of us and say hashtag what? <laughs> uh, this is a this is a good long one. So if they get, if they made it this far, shout out to you for listening. And learning. Damn, seriously. But I always like like try to give a good hashtag, and it's always like like yesterday. Or I just did one with Andrew, my homie Andrew, directed Chris's doc, and he didn't know what to say, so he said like Trump IDK. <laughs> Trump. And I just randomly get tweets now that are Trump IDK, and then that's so funny. Yeah. All right, well, uh, um. Hashtag. Hashtag. All your hard work will soon pay off. That's huge. I like that. But it's 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 on the back right here. I save all the the inspirational. Oh ones. shit! It's, yeah. on, it's like this is a fucking um, fortune, fortune cookie, cookie on the back of his phone. I say I save the inspirational ones. I like that. All your hard work will soon pay off. All right. Hashtag that. Do it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye bye bye. That's it for episode ten. We hit ten episodes. That's crazy. Thank you, Tony, for getting on this shit. I appreciate you, dog. Everyone tune in and check him out. You got to check out the videos he's been making. He's a new creator on the video side of shit. He's been killing photography forever. You're going to love his work. Make sure to follow him. You can find all the links to follow his ass at blackwindowcream.com slash podcast. Leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you loved about this interview. If you're interested in joining the private group, go to blackwindowcream.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some fucking ill-ass merch. Every sale helps me keep this thing alive. Subscribe to Black Window Cream. New episode every single Sunday. See ya next week, you bitch.